Welcome back to the podcast, the only podcast where the host will definitely not walk up and smack you in the face unless you're talking about the sound of my voice. I'm your host, Billy Blinks, joined as always by my co-host, Brian. What's going on, everybody? Waleed's in the house. Hey, what's up, guys? And joined a dear friend of mine and the host of the Sports Entertainment Club podcast, my dear friend, Mike Wesley. Hey, what's going on? Happy to be here, guys. Thank you for joining. It's uh, about time I could return the favor and have you on because you've graciously had me on your show plenty of times, you and Pete. So um, it's going to be a good time and a great episode and good timing to have you on this week. There is definitely not a shortage of fun things to talk about this week. No, no, for sure. And I will say it is definitely nice to be on a show that has a uh, a, uh, a pre, pre-show pre discussion of what's going to be talked about, because as you know, we kind of just wing it. And, uh, you know, as long as Pete's mom's not complaining, we just do what we do. You know, <laughs> I like the thing I respect about your podcast is you guys have like the self-imposed shot clock. You just use like the trial zooms. So you're like, guys, guys, come on. Got to move the ball. Got to move the ball. Let's go. I feel like I'm watching the Showtime Lakers show. And he's like, again, no, 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 faster. Again, don't triple into the double team again. Let's get this quick. So, um, no, your show is always a great time. And you and Pete, obviously, have been friends for so long. You can tell in the dynamics. So, obviously, we will talk more about your show closer to the end and let you obviously plug away. But we want to talk about what everyone's talking about. We're recording this midweek here on Wednesday. It was perfect timing. We usually like to do weekends, but we're glad we didn't. Because we get to talk about the slap heard around the world. I don't really know what else to say, man. It was a punk ass move. Everyone listening to this knows what we're talking about, unless you're living under a rock. When Chris Rock was up to give a little bit of his jokes in between before presenting the award for best documentary, they made a G.I. Jane joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's bald ass head because again, she has alopecia, but she's talked about it before and has never really made it this huge thing. Got mad that Will Smith laughed at the joke cuts to Chris Rock on the stage and he slaps the ever living shit out of him, then proceeds to say, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Let me just start with this. Does anybody here on the panel agree with Chris Rock? I mean, I don't know with Will Smith, excuse me. No, big no. I mean, Brian, I don't really need to ask you, right? I, yeah, I'm a flight guy, so no. <laughs> just, we've talked about the – I mean, I'm kind of in the same way there. But there, there's really, like, I don't know what you would have to say to me to actually get – even though, let's just say this. What do you have to say about my wife? Like, really, like, what is so vile, horrible that word-wise – words, guys. We're talking about words here. We're all podcasters. Words, they're powerful. Not that powerful. Let's all just chill on certain things like that. What did you ha- like this wife? This woman has torn this dude apart. What happened to the Fresh Prince? That is a broken man, dude, because that was something where you tell he had to look over. He had to try to prove something. And he'd show no remorse. Like what? And I just want to hear anybody just go on this because I just the people defending in the actual like back and forth. It, me and Brian deal with this all the time, especially when reality guys stuff in The Bachelor, and we get baffled by how there's actually a differing opinion on certain things. How is there even a differing opinion on this whole thing? Yeah, I, I mean, if I don't, I don't get it. I don't know people defending Will Smith. I understand, like, Jada has alopecia. She has a condition. That's where 
her shaving her head over the last two years has come from. But I mean, the thing was, Will was laughing his ever loving ass off until he got the death stare. Yep. Yeah. You know, and made himself look a thousand times worse right there. Yeah. Like at that point, even if she did look at me at him like that, it's like, all right, you know what? Did Chris Rock really deserve to be embarrassed on stage like that? Like anybody in the industry in Hollywood knows that Chris Rock is not someone who does or jokes about anything with malicious intent, you know? And that was a very lighthearted joke too. I've heard a thousand times worse. Honestly, I don't know if you guys ever heard roasts from like, like a tag team duo, like Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg, like those two, when they roast a panel of celebrities, I've heard some egregious shit <laughs> that could have gotten worse than a slap. Yeah, like, and if you listen to like the Justin Bieber roasts and things like yeah, that, they like, like basically told him they wanted him dead. <laughs> like, I'm like, when did this family become so sensitive? I had no idea. And like, I love Will Smith. I always will. I've been a fan of his for way too long. I've watched him grow up since the 90s, since I was a 90s kid watching Fresh Prince and Independence Day and the first Bad Boys movie, which is, you know, one of my all time favorites. I love that one. And the sequel, Bad Boys 2. Great movies with a young Will Smith who was you know, Mike Lowry, who didn't give a damn about, you know, about anything. And just, you know, it was just such a good, he had so many good classics. And then I don't know what happened to him recently. Um, this whole situation that happened a year ago with him and Jada, um, with her cheating on him, and then it was publicized and the whole story. I don't know what changed with the family, but it's just such a bad example too to the kids. Because even afterwards, I think Jaden, their son, posted on Twitter or something on the internet. It was like, yeah, and that's how we do. It's like you're making them think this is okay. Like, these are your kids, too. It's a terrible example. I mean, uh, I hope he learned from it. He did put an apology out there. I think it was sincere, but um, it just wasn't a good look because now he's he's a meme that's going to last forever now. I've seen a thousand different memes already in the past two days. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> say two quick things. One, this is an award show. I am, I am like, I'm about a little more than halfway sure Chris didn't even write that joke. Like a lot of these jokes are pre-produced, written for them, given to them. Like it was so bad. It made me think it wasn't him who wrote the joke or came up with it. They say he came up with it on the spot. That's a great take. Yeah. You know, and, and and according to reports, he had no idea about her condition either. Chris Rock. Which is, possible, which is also understandable. Yeah. So, but he's a comedian. Uh, the, the other thing was the restraint, the sh- restraint from Chris because if you look at that video in the beginning, when he first gets hit, he starts to ball his fists and cock back. And in a split second decides, nope, not going to do it. Just going to just going to keep going. So, yeah. Brian, what is your old take on this thing? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, he's a comedian. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like people take stuff way too seriously these days. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like Will Smith is just kind of like a cuck these days. Like, he just like ever since he Jada fucked August Alcina, I just feel like he just she she upgraded for a younger dude and like I, I don't know I just I, why are they still together at this point like he she just like completely bashed him publicly about like sleeping with other people and things like that and then he like I, I don't know I just I I don't really have any sympathy for celebrities for stuff like I just don't that's why I just don't really care that much about it and that sounds terrible but I just. It's not terrible, dude. It's literally what I talked to Wally the other day offline. Like we were talking about different stuff and this Will Smith stuff came up and it was the first thing I said. And listen, anyone listening, I'm not here to judge your personal choices. So if this is you, whatever. 
This is why, in my opinion, you don't take back somebody when they cheat, because at all times, there's always this weird dynamic and you always see him. And you saw it even later in the show. Every time it cut to him, there'd be a joke or he would do something. He'd always look at her. He always is looking at her. He's always looking at her. He's always looking for that weird approval or checking. And it's just this. It's sad. It's I feel bad for the guy. No one like he didn't deserve to get cheated on. I don't care if he was a terrible husband or this or that. Then divorce the guy. I don't think he was that bad. There's also always the jokes going back to the Tupac stuff with Jada. So I don't even know if anything really ever really changed or if they ever really were as close or if that's really a, a Hollywood kind of appearance kind of uh, marriage. And, you know, neither here nor there. But there's a couple other things I want to bring up. One at the Oscars. Where's the damn security? Like, even after he did it, you're allowed to just get back to your seat and chill? Well, they did. They, they, I just read recently they did approach him and asked him to leave, and he refused. And what do you mean he refused? Someone like that. Someone, I think I don't know if it was security, if it was just someone. But that's what I'm saying. How could you refuse? How can you refuse security at a place that's not your house, dude? Like, you can't say, no, nah, I'm good, fam. I want to see the performances. Like, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. there, maybe there was other contributing factors, like the fact that he was about to win best performing actor. They, they knew like, that. You know? They knew that. So maybe that's part of the reason why they're like, okay, let's let this go, and then we'll we'll go over what the potential consequences are later, which they're reviewing at the Academy or the Academy supposedly like reviewing everything about you know what they're going to do moving forward with them because. <laughs> The Academy's like the TVA, bro. They're like, what are they going to do? Give him a sternly worded letter. Supposedly they're reviewing everything like, and I don't know, but it's, uh, but I'm sure why they didn't kick him out. Part of it is because like, oh yeah, he's about to win best actor, best performing actor, like the biggest award of the night. Um, So, I mean, yeah. And then he gave that speech and it was just like, I don't know. Some people love that speech that he gave and I'm just, some people were just like, eh, it's 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 a little after what just happened. A lot of people weren't. He's a crazy fine. dude. He's crazy. Yeah, there's something wrong there, man. I don't know. And it's like, honestly, Chris Rock, God bless him. Because like if I was I couldn't I couldn't do that job hosting anything to that scale. But even if I was on stage and someone came up and smacked the shit out of me, he's a lot better of a person than I am, because honestly, I've heard a lot of guys say I, I would walk his ass up and down that entire showroom. I don't <laughs> I, I am not. I would be like, wow, he already embarrassed me by hitting me. Like I'm already like scarred. Like, well, well I'm going to take it to the next level. Like we're going to, we're going to make this something that no one's going to forget right now. <laughs> like, well, like, what did he, what do you think he was doing walking up to him now? I don't watch these award shows ever, so I I don't think he knew it. I don't know if Chris, I think Chris might have thought in his head, for at least initially, that like this was some, some kind of skit or he was going to make a joke, like fake, like he was going to hit him or something. But then he just boom, like he did a quick one. He didn't wind it up or anything. He just he gave him a sneak. And he's and Chris Rock's doing a stand up tonight. While we're recording this, then I'm going to keep checking the news. And if he says something at the stand up, I'm bringing it up. Well, you know, supposedly also because he's going on a tour of many cities and supposedly he booked Philadelphia. So he's coming to Philly. Atlanta, he's going to Atlantic City. He's, he starts tonight. and But then he'll yeah, be in AC there. soon. Yeah. So I, I, I actually looked up prices being in Massachusetts. And I'm like, oh, let's just see. And these tickets are going. The lowest now. ticket was twelve hundred dollars <laughs> for his show tonight. I know it's <laughs> pretty wild what, what that could do for your image. Oh, here he goes. Look, guys. So here's hot off the presses one hour ago. So this is how he opened his show. He said, how was your weekend drawing a wave of laughter? I don't have a bunch of shit about what happened. So if you came here to hear that, I have a whole show I wrote before this weekend. We're still kind of processing what happened. 
So at some point, I'll talk about that shit and it will be serious and funny. So that is the official word from Chris Rock. He is going to process, a.k.a. get another deal from like Netflix or somebody and do a stand up. And it's going to center probably around the Will Smith stuff. Mm -hmm. So I do want to guys before we move on, we kind of was joking about this again pre-show. And I see a lot of people talking about this. The actual Oscars, I, you know, I'm a, I kind of like the award shows and they've been crappy the last five to six years. So it's not like something again where I'm sitting there staring at everything and really hyped up on it and doing predictions beforehand. But I do enjoy especially movies. I'm a big movie guy and I do watch a lot of like the independent films and the things that are kind of more nominated and kind of around award season a little bit more. So it does pique my interest. And this was a way better Oscars than I've seen in, in years. Honestly, I mean, the hosts. Say what you will about them. They're not really weren't literally star studded. It's why there was three of them. But I thought they did a pretty good job at hosting the show. And my favorite movie of last year. I'm not sure if you, any of you guys saw Coda. Did any of you guys see Coda? I did not. No. Okay. So this is kind of what the shame about this is. So Coda was a movie that was on Apple TV Plus. Funny enough, I was on Paul Hart show. Apple's the oranges, Paul, Jesse and June show when this movie dropped the week it dropped and we did a review and all three. I mean, all four of us gushed about this movie. Um, basically, it is about a young girl um, in high school who rest of her family is deaf. And she's the only able hearing you would say fully functioning person. And she has a talent for singing. Now, obviously, a family full of deaf people aren't going to who are always been deaf, don't really have an appreciation for music. And more so, they're a really poor kind of um, fishing family, barely making ends meet. And she actually has to work the boat every morning before she even goes to high school and even after school. And this kind of kind of takes the the storyline of her finding that her skill in music isn't just her thinking she's talented. She comes to find a teacher, a really great actor, and, you know, leads her into this pursuing a dream of music and going to college for music. But in doing so, hurting her family because she wouldn't be able to be there to help them. And Man, there are some powerful performances. It is an awesome movie. It's Coda, C-O-D-A. It's on Apple TV Plus. And the best performance is a guy named Troy Coetzer. Um, he plays the dad and he is a you know deaf actor and he, amazing. And the emotion portrayed and the signing and he you know lips a lot of things out. But I mean, just the performance to show that like how much physical acting and your eyes and the body language can show and it's a movie I, I highly recommend it. Not only you guys, but anyone listening. Um, a couple other ones that I thought about um, Ariana DeBose, one for West Side Story. West Side Story was actually awesome. Steven Spielberg, um, Jane Campion, one for The Power of Dogs. So it's two years in a row with a uh, best director being a female director, which was awesome. There was no surprise with the animated feature. It was Encanto. Uh, Billie Eilish, one for her, the James Bond theme, No Time to Die. So that was best original song, Jessica Chastain and Will Smith, best actor, actresses. And the best movie was Coda, which, again, I was really psyched about. Beat out some really good films like Dune and Belfast, The Power of Dog, uh, The King Richard, which Will Smith won for uh, Nightmare Alley, too, which was, I think, a little bit underrated. That's Bradley Cooper and Guillermo del Toro. So it was actually a good. It was a great, great, great year for film and what sucks and again we love talking about fun stuff like in goofy stuff like the will smith thing but 
I would have loved for the post Oscars episode for us to be able to lead with the actual films. And unfortunately, we're like everyone else. You, you want to talk about the tea before you talk about the, the substance. I haven't seen any of those movies. Of course, you haven't seen any of those movies, Brian, but this is what we're here for. I'm here to help. Right. Was King Richard even a good movie? I heard it wasn't that good. It, I, it, I enjoyed it. It was good. The story is good. It is a true story. And I think what people will say is like the, the performance was like a little like self-indulgent. I mean, the entire movie is just Will Smith. I, I think with that, with that movie, the issue is with some people who, who knows the story of the Williams sisters and their father is the stuff in the movie was just a little bit too much over-exaggerated. Um, the, the stuff where he's combated him and stuff like that. Richard Williams wasn't really like that. He wasn't, uh, they kind of made him about, it was all about him. It was all about him, which it, he wasn't like that. I mean, there were some things, but you know, they, it's, it's Hollywood. Got to make a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he was a, 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 a dad of a really good athlete, you know, the classic overbearing dad, the one who pushes too hard and knows better than the coaches and blah, blah, blah. Listen, we've all been there. I mean, we all know exactly what that is. So, like I said, I I thought it was a good film. I I, I didn't think it was going to win Best Picture. I'm glad it didn't win Best Picture. So, I, like I said, I think they went with the best choice. Coda was really, really, really good, guys. So, I agree. Um, all right. So, let's get into, like, the main as far as... Oh, actually, you know what? Before we get into our reviews, I did promise you guys something. So, there was more than just Will Smith who acted up this week. And I want you guys to hear about Ezra Miller. So there's actually been a few stories that have come out about Ezra Miller. I'm going to quickly gloss over the first one. There is a story about Ezra Miller being at a bar and he got super drunk, which is what Ezra Miller does. They get super smashed and went up and stole a microphone from a girl who was singing, berated her screaming around causing a ruckus got himself thrown and banned out of a bar you know that's a normal night for ezra miller however this night another night for ezra miller i want to hear your guys reaction for here's the headline from people hawaii couple files for temporary restraining order against ezra miller following actor's arrest what do you do Two Hilo residents filed for a temporary restraining order against a 29-year-old Justice League star in the Third Circuit District Court on Tuesday. According to a, the document alleges, Miller burst into their bedroom of the petitioner's home and threatened the alleged male victim by saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. The document claims that then Miller stole some of the alleged victim's personal belongings, including their social security cards, a wallet, passport, driver's license, and bank cards. So Ezra was staying there because apparently he met these people in Hawaii somewhere in a market and they had a host like have a hostile kind of situation. And this weirdo baby celebrity, this is not the first time there's been an Ezra Miller story. A few years ago, they did something similar where they berated a woman in public and there's video. You can look it up. It is a very public story. And Warner Brothers hushed it up because they're the flash and also in the Fantastic Beast franchises. So now this dude apparently was in these people's houses and burst in the room and threatened to murder them and then stole their stuff, even though they're a rich celebrity. What do you guys think about Ezra Miller? Wait, so real quick, you're telling me he did an Airbnb and he could have just paid for a hotel room? This is The Flash, yes. So this, they, um, 
apparently met this couple at a there's more to this story. Definitely. I think there may have been something sexual going on with these people. There's there seems a little there's a little more to this story that these people would just meet Ezra Miller at a market and have let him come stay, knowing that this dude is some celebrity. I mean, he's a celebrity celebrity, right? He's the Flash like he's been in the Justice League. He's in the Fantastic Piece. He's been in a bunch of stuff. The guys got they, they have money. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Like, why is he not in a hotel? I don't get that. Because there's something seriously wrong with them. Like there's something seriously wrong. And that's the idea. And again, it's this whole thing with Hollywood and stuff. We're more they're more worried about these studios. They don't give a crap of the well-being of the actors or any of their employees for that matter. And it's so crazy though that like we just especially we just gloss these things out of way for actors and these people, like this the the sense of self-importance, but also there's something wrong. Like that they they're sick whether it's something mental or, or or an addiction problem or a little bit of both or, but I'm just so sick of reading these stories and there's like no repercussions. I swear to God, like the flash movie is going to come out next year. Like what are the chances that they replace Ezra Miller as the flash when they just finished doing this whole thing with Keaton and all that crap? I mean, I wouldn't care, but I, I don't think they'll do it. I mean, (laughs) that's uh, one. The story is crazy. It just makes me think like, whatever I'm smoking isn't good enough and I need to look up. Uh, secondly, it just proves my thought all of long that you already had a flash. How hard is it to make that guy the flash in the movie? Yeah, Grant Gustin's cool. Why can't yeah, just let Grant good. Gustin be the damn flash? Definitely, definitely a better flash. Definitely a more handsome dude. He's already got nine years at this point. There's nine seasons of the flash. You're going to tell me that Ezra Miller is markedly better than Grant Gustin. I think if you had had Grant Gustin in the Snyder movie, he would have definitely had a chance to put on a good performance. Now, listen, I like Ezra Miller's Flash. I think it's it, they've been a good couple. You know, we haven't seen a ton of them, but when we have seen them on screen, I thought they put on a good performance. But at the same time, I don't think it's anything where I would be up in arms and petition or I wouldn't go see the Flash movie or think it's going to be any worse because Grant Gustin or really at this point, anybody else plays the Flash. I'm a little bit more annoyed about the the, the Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beast stuff because he's supposed to be the secret Dumbledore brother and stuff. And they're setting a whole bunch of these rest of these movies are basically about Dumbledore. And are you really going to have to change another actor in the Fantastic Beast series? They, they change Grindelwald every damn movie like the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Now, like, you're going to give it Ezra Miller. I'm, I'm sick of these recastings. People need to behave themselves. They're ruining my uh, good times. It sounds like a theme with Warner Brothers. Yeah, they're scumbags. Yeah. Disney's not any better, really. But yeah. Warner Brothers, they just put their foot in their mouths and they just do public. I mean, they've done nothing as far as even, you know, they went through the direct the streaming stuff without telling any of the production companies, directors, producers. They do crap like this where they, they hush Ezra Miller stuff up all the time and now I don't know how the hell they'll hush this up. But the fact of the matter is it's annoying that like not even I'm not annoyed by you guys, but like you, none of you guys had heard about this story. I'm like, this is, this is bad. St- stupid Will Smith is ruining everything. He's taking away attention from everything that's happening. Like right now, there could be a super villain pulling some crazy shit off right now. Everyone's just talking about Will Smith. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm never going to forgive Warner Brothers or DC for the Josh Whedon Justice League. So at the end of the day, I don't care. Mm-hmm. yeah well we agree now, that was the the portion of our show where we talk about all the garbage people in hollywood so we're going to move on to some actual tv and movie reviews so first off boys i want to start i'll start with moon Knight. that came out today that's most fresh top of mind 
for anyone not familiar with Moon Knight, the general premise of Moon Knight is that there is a gentleman. Now, it starts with I'm more familiar with the Mark Spector version of Moon Knight, and we get a little bit of an allusion to that version. He is, seems to be the cool one, the one that seems to be a little bit more controlled, the one that kind of talks to him while Steven is kind of having his freakouts and things like that. But the Steven character, I really like. I like the nervousness. I like the idea that he doesn't really know what's going on. I, I really could tell there is, in my opinion, there was a real step up in cinematography too. just the look. It looked like a movie. And, and we always say that they put as much money and things into these shows as the films. But that's not always the case. They may put a good amount of money into it, but it, push comes to shove at the end of the day. I think a lot of their best actual cinematographers and writers there, they really get pulled over to the movies, even people like the Loki writer got instantly pulled over and started working on a bunch of the movies now because he was so good. He ain't staying in the TV shows. So I really liked this as an intro episode. It was really gritty. I liked that there was mystery to it, but I also liked that it seems they got a lot of an origin out of the way quick, but also not super slow burns. I do love the Marvel trope that every first episode always ends with like a two second shot of the hero in a suit or something. So you always got to wait for the second damn episode to get any of the actual like moon Knight full on. Um, so overall, I really liked it as far as a series intro. I think if they continue up this quality, it will be up there with WandaVision for me. WandaVision is obviously my favorite. I like some aspects of Loki and the end of Loki, but overall, I think WandaVision was just a cooler experience. Overall, Oscar Isaac, I think he was amazing. I really did feel like he was playing multiple characters, and I do feel like that's how you're able to attract someone like him. Uh, Ethan Hawke's character, the Arthur Harrow character. Ethan Hawke's famously not a fan of comic book movies, so to be able to get a guy like him into a Marvel series, it's got to be a pretty meaty role, and he seems like he is an awesome cult leader right off the bat. I mean, that opening scene with him walking on glass is gnarly and really cool. So overall, I have a positive vibe for it i do have one negative that i want to talk to you guys about after i hear your three's general thoughts so uh bry how about you go first uh just to uh, add on to ethan hawk he might not like comic book stuff but if you're getting the, the bag you're gonna do it yeah obviously so that um I, I really like this character even before the show was ever announced so i'm always a big fan of like marvel characters that don't really get the spotlight like uh ghost rider blade uh, I've, I've always liked Moon Knight a lot. Um, playing with, I was introduced to him like playing video games, and I always have had like a. I just I like characters that look like him. Like I think he has a really cool look. And it, so far, I thought the CGI in the episode was good. Like it wasn't like too, like over the top. Um, the, I think it's going to be pretty violent. I, I think uh, there's the, some of those guys got their ass kicked, and we didn't see it, but it like hinted that he like he had blood on his hands. That's not a Disney move. You know what I mean? The one dude's face was shot off. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm really into that. Like I, I, I just think some of these characters in Marvel, they like the, the fuck the kids. I mean, I'm having kids, but fuck the kids. Like this stuff is for adults. Sometimes like, I <laughs> get a good show. I'm with you there. 100%. I love yeah, it. It needs to be like true to the comics more. Like I know, I know they want to sell like merchandise, but I don't know. I just I, that's what I really that stuck out to me is like this looks like it's going to be like an adult show wally what do you think about overall thoughts on the first episode yeah so going into this i knew nothing about moon knight you know and i and you know 
I've always been into the MCU. A lot of characters that I was introduced to, I somehow like became fan of, like as I got to know him and everything. So I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. Um, his storyline, I kind of was lost a little bit watching the first like 20, 25 minutes. I was like, wait, what exactly is happening here? <laughs> um, but then it started to click a little bit by the end of it. I was like, okay, so there's like split personalities. And then I went right to Wikipedia, read the first few paragraphs to see exactly what the premise was. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. That's what well, that's great, though. I mean, that's awesome because, I mean, you don't a lot of people don't get to go into shows blind. There's so much of me where even though I love scoops and I love to find inner workings of things, there's always the opposite parts of me that loves to go into something blind. If you knew nothing about the show, you're like, oh, it's cool. It's called Moon Knight. Let's see what this is about. Yeah. That's cool. And that's something, again, that we take for granted and we're podcasters, content creators, people that just are big fans of things in general. We talk about things from wrestling to movies to pop culture stuff all the time, even when we're not recording stuff. But we always forget that the vast majority of people are these general audiences that have no idea about what they're getting into. And there's part of me that misses the idea of like being able to be that kind of audience member. And I'll never be that kind of audience member. It's just it's something I've come to accept. But I, I I'm look I love the idea and love to see reactions of people even though you just had where you had no idea what it was about going in and get that general reaction. Really yeah, literally, cool. I woke up this morning and you said we're recording tonight. Moon Knight's gonna be a topic, and I was like, all right, well, I got three hours before work. Let me put it on and watch the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it released like last week. You said it released today. So it's like I had no clue. But uh, I, I agree with Brian though in the fact that like it was filmed really well. I mean, the CGI is gorgeous um and also i like that it's, it seems like a more mature show and i like that disney's taking that turn when it comes to a lot of their shows even all even letting the like a, a couple weeks ago they uh just uh, the all those netflix. marvel shows that were on netflix daredevil jessica jones luke cage they all just you know made their premiere on uh, disney plus basically all those seasons um and basically they they enacted the parental controls which works fine and and I, I agree with that. I'm like, hey, some kids maybe shouldn't watch these shows. That's fine. But you need to start having some adult content. It's nice to see Disney evolving because they own so many goddamn properties. They need to evolve. Like, you can't just keep everything for 13 and under. Or, you know, it's. I agree. No, I mean, I, I know more Disney adults than Disney children at this point. Honestly, people coming up now aren't, in my opinion, aren't huge Disney people. They may be big Marvel people. They may like certain properties, but the Disney brand, as far as children, and I'm not saying that's completely across the board, but I don't think they're growing up with Disney being as much of a mainstay as a company brand. I think because they just own so many things. Now, half the time, I think people don't even realize it is Disney, even, you know, kids, especially. Um, I don't think it's like deterred, like the quality of any of the kind of branding, but like you're saying, it's like you didn't grow up like knowing that specifically. All right. So I did have, Oh, Mike, did you get a chance to watch Moon Knight? I, I did. Um, I as well, not a character I'm, I'm, I know too much about uh, going into it. Uh, I did pull the Wikipedia, but I, I did the, <laughs> well, not the show. I did the Moon Knight Wikipedia where I'm like looking well, at like, the character. And it well, was interesting. To see, yeah. So it was that's interesting. To see that they, yeah. Yeah. That they, that they, uh, they technically give you a, a twist in the beginning where you think the main source of this character who it eventually comes out has some form of DID. Um, you think it's the British dude. Um, and by through my reading, I'm like, okay, wait, no, the Mark character, you only hear his voice really and, and see in reflection is, is the real person. So mm -hmm. it made me think watching the show, I'm like, okay, so when he's calling his mom, 
is that just not a real person? Is it just like a, 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 the same a thing. mechanism type deal thing? So yeah. there are definitely those things I knew knowing that, wait, this, this, this guy, and I, I'm actually, what is it? Steven isn't, isn't the main person. Uh, right. So. I like that, that. I'm glad you brought up the phone call thing. I always thought like eventually, like when he found that other phone, was he just talking to himself? You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know, like that, that is definitely an interesting thing. I'm sure we'll find out by episode three or four. I also, as far as that, I don't think we've met the guy who got the date yet. I think like neither of the dudes we've met so far, like the wimpy dude and the super hardo, neither of them seem like a romantic. So I'm curious if we're going to meet more of his personalities this season. Yeah, yeah, there should be at least a few more. Would be really cool. It's kind of funny too. Like, I mean, even the scene where like, you know, he was about to give up whatever that object was that he had in his hand. And then like, he heard the guy telling him like, the scarab the scarab yeah don't give that up or whatever and he's like okay all right so you brought up the thing that i had though my one gripe it was too venom like for me it was a little the voice was a little goofy for me i i think it i had no problem with having the inner dialogue thing it was a lot and the pull in the arm and all i just it felt like a little venomy to me and it was so i'm not sure i think i don't know how it's going to evolve over there but that it kind of took me out of it a little bit. It was my only complaint about the entire episode. Okay. Was that yeah, voice? I didn't think of that, actually. That's a good point. Was that voice like the CGI thing? Not him? I don't know if it's him doing a voice or whatever, but it's it's definitely, you know, it sounded really good. You know, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I was like yeah, so. We don't like that. As a Venom fan, I did, those movies were awful. But, yeah, we don't want that. Hopefully it's a CGI. I don't think it's him talking i think it's the cgi like uh grim reaper looking egypt thing yes okay so i'm, I'm ho- like so you think it's like once it's in it's more integrated and stuff it's going to be smoother and i'm hoping that too and look it's not going to ruin the show for me but it may be something where i'll think uh, it'll it'll yeah. make me think about it a little bit um i could see later on when you have like deadpool interacting with him being like you guys don't hear that voice like he hears it like the only other person who hears it no one else hears it you don't hear that weirdo talking to him like <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's going well too. The, the Deadpool three is moving forward still. Obviously, the writers have, have been hard at work, and then also now the director from the Adam Project is lined up. Um, he's going to be part of the Deadpool three. So that movie's hard at work. We're definitely going to be getting more news about that sooner than later. You know, some more concrete news on it, and it definitely has one of those release dates that we have the untitled Marvel. They have spew of release dates. Definitely one of them is for Deadpool 3. I mean, also, we have like Thor 3 coming. Thor 4 comes out in three months. We haven't even seen a trailer yet. So, I mean, there's so much Marvel crap coming. It's can't even keep up with it. My birthday movie, Marvel likes to give me a a movie on my birthday every year. So um, that's their gift to me. I I think that is a Thor movie this year. Is that their May? Love Love and Thunder is what it's called. Love and Thunder, yep. Yeah, with Natalie Portman's going to be in it, too. Making a return, supposedly. Christian so. Bale is Gore the God Butcher. We've got plenty of awesome stuff there. It's another Taika Waititi one. That means we're going to definitely have all the fun characters as well we've seen before. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. We'll definitely cover that here on the page. Um, so overall, really looking forward. We'll definitely touch on Moon Knight as it goes week by week. Uh, if anything really significant happens, we will definitely mention Moon Knight. The other big show that I know at least three of us have watched, and I'm sure maybe even Mike's had a chance to check out. Has everyone had a chance to see the season premiere of or series premiere of Halo on Paramount Plus? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
All right. Awesome. 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 So I know Brian was a big Halo guy. I know Waleed was a big Halo guy. I mean, basically any guy in our age range at some <laughs> point in time was a big Halo player, even just for a little bit. Except Mike shaking his head. Mike's the worst. Just don't even worry about it. We're going to cut. We're cutting Mike out. I am a PlayStation loyalist. I like so calm. Guys, it's great. I never did the two systems for exclusives. You know, uh, no, no. I, had, I had Xbox once, got those rings of death, and I was out. I was like, you know what? Forget y'all. You had Gamecast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, like, really, so overall, most of us, anyway, the guys in our age group, Halos at some point in time has been a big part of our lives, is whether you're a big gamer or just even just in the pop culture lexicon, uh, Halo 2 is probably one of the biggest releases ever in my life that I remember of anything. It was just wild. We were all like 14 at the time. I mean, madness. They are freshmen in high school when that came out. Madness, dude. Perfect timing, too. Perfect timing. I was 16, 17 when that came out. My buddy was like, you got to come with me. I got to go wait in line. I got to get Halo 2. I'm yeah. like, all right, fine. It was so a tailgate experience. Midnight for four or five plus hours for him to get a game, to go home and play it. I go to the mall the next game and Best Buy has 100 copies. But Why? First. Why do we people, wait in line? Well, you know so you what, can people, play three people, hours. People miss the tailgate experience of like buying a physical copy of a video game on release day the day before. And like, it was fun. Some of the funnest nights I had was like waiting for like the old call of duty, modern warfares to come out back like 10 years ago. God, it was an insane experience. Some of them. I remember the GameStop, the one, uh, the one, the one in Sewell, um, I think, uh, God, I forget what road it was on. It was right by the Acme, you know, where the egg Harbor road one, egg, Har- egg Harbor road one. Yeah. Um, that game style, I remember when Modern Warfare 3 came out that night, they had crowd control trouble with like 300 people outside there. Like the kids were banging on the door. The manager had to call like the police to come and like, you know, basically manage the crowd. Um, and just like it, it was crazy because like the cops came, they had to like yell at the top of their lungs to get everyone in order. It was, it was pretty insane. So like those are fun experiences that I'll never forget, though, from like, you know, when games released at midnight. So. Could you imagine now, though, if any of us like tried to show up to a GameStop at midnight now for like a midnight release? It's like, oh, guys, like Kirby comes out tonight. First of all, ain't gonna be nobody there. They, I don't think they do even co- besides the COVID stuff, like take the COVID here regardless. Out even now, like with things kind of loosening up and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you think we'll ever have any video game? So any video game you guys can think of? Maybe GTA six. Possibly. I mean, one of the biggest sellers ever, but it's hard because like most games now, you can, most people just minor pre downloaded. I was going to say like five. Yeah. Like digital sales have taken, you know, such a turn now. Everyone like there's a large chunk percentage of that growing, going up every year. So midnight releases are pretty going to be less and less likely as years goes on. Guys, it would be a great idea though. like we could cosplay. We could all wear our favorite colors and we can bring our like our cap guns and stuff. And like, it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. Those were fun experiences. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Yeah, I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Well, it won't matter because they probably said, unfortunately, the midnight releases are a thing of the past, just like our blockbusters and just like some other things that we will just hold in our hearts. Maybe yeah. we'll just go and do our own little midnight release while somewhere where we just go sit out front, and even though we yeah. got them downloaded on our systems, yeah. like we'll just play them at midnight yeah, outside bring, of a GameStop. Bring a, bring a backpack of Keystone Light or Natty Light and just, you know, chill outside. I'm going to wear what I was wearing in like 2004. <laughs> I'm going to wear like a 
billabong t-shirt and a silver chain link necklace with spike up just the front of my hair. I feel yeah. like just the good old times, dude. It was. They were great days, man. Those were fun. <laughs> All right. So let's actually talk about Halo and Paramount Plus. So Halo and Paramount Plus, it's an original series. Uh, it, it's The production value is through the roof. As far as the timeline, anyone familiar with the Halo series, it is definitely set pre-Halo Reach. On my second watch through, they definitely mention Reach a few times. They actually even at that big city they show is actually Reach. There's a quick underneath. The text is very quick. I was very surprised on my second watch. I was like, okay, this is actually Reach. So this is pre the events of Halo Reach, the game, which was one of the mainline entries. Actually, it was my favorite mainline entry. In, I like that one a lot. In the, the Halo series. Yeah. The story is awesome, which I think in some way, shape, or form is going to be adapted on this Paramount Plus series or as like an independent. It'd be a cool standalone Paramount Plus movie. Just do like the fall of Reach. I think that would be really cool. But in this first episode, we are introduced to kind of a lot of the main elements of the Halo world. You have the UNSC, which is the equivalent to the Marines in the future, which is like what is like two twenty fifth, like it's like three five hundred years in the future, something like that. Yeah, not super far in the future, but um, they are at war with other neighboring humans who are colonists. It looks seems like they're trying to get everything under one unified UNSC banner. And it comes out that the reason isn't solely just because they have, you know, these big push for themselves and they want this power. It turns out that there's an alien race, which we know as the Covenant. And we get that name dropped and we get to see a lot of Covenant elements in this premiere. So we see a lot of the major things in Halo. We also get to meet Master Chief, you know, Spartan 117. John, uh, I think he looked awesome. I love the action in this. I love the quality. I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on the details. I overall loved the premise of it and see where they're going with the season. I'm going to hold off the big debate, and you all know probably what I'm talking about as far as the mask or no mask thing. So let's save that for after the general impressions. So, Bri, what are your general impressions of the Halo premiere? Um, I went into this with very low expectations because I just didn't think that this would, they would be able to translate this into a good show. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised. And I, I this is going to sound terrible, but like I knew this show was going to be good. And I texted my friends who love Halo th- when they killed kids, right? Off the you bat, told me that it's going to be really good because you got to have a lot of balls to kill kids as the first people that go. And those kids got fucked up. <laughs> they got There's only up. one left. <laughs> yeah they got absolutely fucked up and i'm not even talking when that one elite just massacres those kids in the door i'm talking like just right before you see any of the elite. oh yeah when you see the ship like in yeah, the forest yeah just got, i was i had to rewind i was like what just happened because that kid just got destroyed oh yeah and um another thing that i loved is they bought like they buffed the plasma the plasma pistol was way better than it was in any game i think just <laughs> Wasn't that the was that the plasma rifle though, Brian? I know you said that, but was that I think it might have been the rifle they were using? No, well, the ones where the ones where it blew people up. Okay, that was a plasma pistol, like okay. the one um, chick. Yeah. The one chick, oh, yeah. I will I will say I will say it looked better in the show than it did in the video games. In yeah. the video games, it almost looks like you're firing Nerf balls. Oh, they exploded <laughs> those kids, right? Because that you can charge it up, and if you if you ever played that game on hard the computer could always charge it up just enough to shoot it really quick, but yep. no, no human player could do that. On legendary. Yeah. You were screwed. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah. You, were so you knew it was a thing. Um, 
I mean, I could talk forever, but I'll try to be really brief. I thought the action scenes were really cool. Uh, I really liked that they switched between like HUD version and um, like actual action. Uh, I was a little worried about CGI in the beginning, but after my second watch, I kind of lowered. I was like, it's not as bad as I, I thought it was off the bat. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the one thing I'm not a huge fan of that besides the thing that you were going to talk about. Why, why are we bringing this kid along? I, I'm hoping it, this reminds me of Bad Batch. Like, love Star Wars. I thought Bad Batch was terrible with the kid. I couldn't stand that little kid, girl well, they had all the time. The, I hope that this person is not going to be like that. It's an archetype, right? I mean, in, in storytelling, the innocent, the innocent. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you the answer. I mean, it's the innocent companion is supposed to be the stand in for the viewer. It's supposed to be like the person that you can put your shoes in and i agree with you you don't always need that you can have a compelling main character and put yourself in their shoes like make john as compelling as you need someone to be and put in john's shoes i mean john's got a pretty traumatic story if you know the lore of halo and just understand the, the premise of the spartan program is they take you as a kid and they put you through like yeah. genetic engineering and in experimentation and military training and brainwashing and you become like a cyber robot it's not like a an honor it's something cool and you're seeing that with the MacGuffin. that when john touches it it were you know I, i'm gonna keep calling him john and i'll tell you why i keep calling him john when we get to this this thing it's like you get to start seeing things about his mother and his his childhood and it's it is an interesting layer and it is a way for them to make to try to differentiate and you know, add some humanity to you know the halo series we do see a lot of shows where it's like Alien invasion, blah 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 blah. But this this felt different. I don't want a humanity when I'm with my master chief. Uh, I, we're gonna get to that soon. Uh, Mike, how about your general impressions? Uh, so for me, I think it, it'll be a really cool experience to watch because other than knowing what Halo is and knowing like the online version of just like team deathmatch kind of style of play, I don't know the story mode, so I don't know the story at all, other than knowing. If somebody says Master Chief, I know who that is. Uh, so I think it'll be cool for me getting to experience the story of Halo for the first time. The cinematography of the show, the fight sequences, it's out of this world for me. It's like, it's what shows like the book of Boba Fett and, and stuff like that should have been, but weren't, you know, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to those sequences, yeah um it i i i i fell in love with it i might buy an xbox one day just to play it awesome uh waleed yeah no yeah i'm with you guys there too i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised um i mean i had a feeling that the quality the cgi quality and everything was going to be top notch and the visuals were amazing i love the way they made the spartans look i especially love the way they made the covenant look I mean, especially the elites, the elites are giant. I was like, damn, they made them look intimidating, hard to kill, just like they are in the games. Um, It it felt like the video game, like whenever you'd see the, you know, the bullets, you know, get shot at the elites and then you see like their armor Mm -hmm. react and turn. I'm like, damn, it really feels like Halo. (laughs) Like It's such a good feeling. Uh, So I was very true. Very. It's cool because it's like you see in the game too. Like the elites always beat the shit out of all the Marines and the people. There's the only person that can take down the elites are you or a warthog machine gun or you know it takes a lot. Sarge. Sarge. Oh god, I can't wait. I hope Sarge is Sarge is like. Yeah, I think it'll be in the end. I think I was gonna say too. I think we're gonna get a tease. I think we're gonna get a name drop of Sarge. Like they need to like piece those out. Like there's some of these iconic characters. 
All right. Uh, last thing before we get to the real debate of it, uh, Brian, I just wanted to echo one of your sentiments and Wally to kind of talk about it, too. Uh, Wally, we got your let's get yours. Let me get your your full thoughts first on the the helmet. I guess when he removed his helmet, the face reveal. Well, no, but even for that, like I, I meant more so like the stuff you were saying about like it being accurate, like the visors stuff. the sound effects were great, too. They the used- sound effects were fantastic. Visuals, fantastic. You know, it was just it was done accurately, you know, like the humans before the Spartans even entered the picture were about to get slaughtered by the covenant, which was his, accurate. his like, shield recharging all the yeah, I mean, that stuff. That. I can't wait. Exactly. To and, and like even when it happened, like you heard the noise. It's like exactly like the video game, the like, you know, like that sound <laughs> that you hear. It's just, OK, exactly, yeah, so let's get there's actually two complaints. We actually brought up another one that popped in my head. There was one kind of weird thing to me, too, so. What was the deal with the human with the covenant? I think that's they just added that in. I don't think that's real. You don't think that's real? Well, it's not in the game. I think they just did this. No, I'm saying, what do you think about that? I know that's not in the game. I'm saying, so how do you feel about that, though? I mean, I, I kind of was like a little, eh. I mean, is she going to become friends with the, the protagonist girl? Is that where this is going? Like, I'm, I'm, what is the point? Uh, hopefully she's somebody that is on the long list of people that get killed off. Brian's got a, a plasma pistol list. We're going to start Brian's plasma yeah, pistol I want, list. Dead. I want that little girl dead. I want that chick. I'm thinking the profits are going to take over. I know that sounds terrible, but it's just I want things that I care about accurate. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. I do, like, I do like where they started with the story. I like that they're starting before the invasion of reach and all that stuff that happens later on in the, in the video game storylines. I like that there, if you're going to do a halo show, do it right. So that people can understand the, you know, just, you know, the origins, the base of it and how it starts. And that way it would gain more of a fan base. Cause honestly, let's be real. I feel like the last from like halo four until like the most recent halo, halo infinite, the video games, I feel like halo as a franchise has kind of fallen off a bit since like the thousands, halo, halo, Halo 1 to Halo Reach, those were the games that were made by Bungie. And I feel like those were the best ones in the series when that was when Halo was at its peak popularity. I feel like it's taken a severe hit since 343 Industries took over the, you know, video game rights recently. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like if you're going to gain more of a fan base back, this this show, I feel like, is a great opportunity to get new newcomers into the franchise. Because the fact is, this is Xbox's biggest franchise in video games. Xbox would not even exist in the gaming in the gaming landscape without Halo. It's such a big IP. I didn't get into it until like Halo 3. I remember I was always a PlayStation guy too. I can relate um, to my man here, uh, uh, you know, as far as like PlayStation, uh, being a PlayStation loyalist my entire life. I didn't get into Xbox um, until later in my high school life. And then I actually borrowed an old Xbox from a friend with Halo 1 and Halo 2 and played them because I was like, I need to get into on this hype. <laughs> so, and I became kind of a fan of it though, the story. I suck at Halo Online, but the story I've always been a fan of. I kind of like it. I enjoy it. So, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's just, let's get to the elephant in the room. It's really what I think anybody and everyone really should be talking about. Should Master Chief take off his helmet i'm just gonna say no i'm, no. I'm gonna say no Ugh. This is one thing. what i think here yeah one of the reasons why i hate the chick the little girl is like this like she got that right off the bat this should have been something that happened at the end of the season and never again 
So this need this is their one time they can do it and never want to see his face again. I don't think that's gonna happen, bro. Know, but that's that's I think we're gonna see his face every episode. Oh god. I hate that. Honestly. I think we're gonna see Masters. Master Chief's gonna cry this season, Brian. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't like seeing it too much. It's like even in the video games, you knew that they were humans under there, even without seeing their face. But I don't know. It just it just gives you a complete different dynamic now when you see it. And you're like, no, because then you can't be Master Chief if Master Chief is someone else. You can't as as a viewer, you cannot put yourself in the shoes of Master Chief like you do in the video game. If it's the Shriver brother, (laughs) not you. It's just (laughs) what it is. I wouldn't have been that mad if he looked like The Rock or something like that, like an actual badass. I've seen yeah. that guy act in other things, and I'm like, this guy is kind of a pussy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's fine. Like, Spartan, like, Spartans are supposed to be walking tanks. Like, you right. gave away that feeling. I'm like, no, it's yeah, supposed yeah, to be really- walking. That's why one of the worst Halos I played was Halo 3 ODST, because you don't play as a Spartan, you play as one of those troopers. And I'm it's like, stupid. yeah, I mean, it sucks. I'm like, I'm not a walking tank anymore. I'm dying in like three shots. <laughs> what's going yeah, on here that was a fail game i oh, think I as like hours you could beat that game less than that i think as xbox live subscribers we should be able to put our avatar on master chief's face every t- time he takes the helmet off it should be able to be me with my backwards turquoise hat and my lizard man that's what it should be i just don't ever want to see it ever never is what it gonna ruin the show for you when he cries Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you the show sucks. What they should have done is he takes it off, but we don't see it. Only the girl. Like, it was just the back of his head. That's suggestive. What's wrong with that? He takes it off. Only she can see it. Well, it's on a, it's on an angle where we can never see the front of his face. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like, just like, it just would have been better, in my opinion, if they did something like that. I'm losing it right now. Yeah. No, you're uh, right there, Brian. I'd I, I mean, anything, any sleight of hand, like anything. Just like, I mean, they did the same thing with Boba Fett. They're going to Boba Fett this shit. Boba Fett never had his goddamn helmet on. This is going to, I wonder who's going to have his helmet on less, Master Chief or Boba Fett. I'm hoping that when Cortana gets introduced into the show and he, whatever he does to like get away from the entire, like no one's in control of him anymore, then the helmet doesn't come off. What do you think I mean, about that? Is Cortana going to be a, clone for a bit and then become the ai that's what i'm or, or is cortana going to be like that clone and be like telegraphing with him in this I version some, i got some theories i can drop right now if you want to know i want to know yeah i want to know what i think how this show what just like a quick watch is he's like still the, the doctor and whatever they can still control him the show will end with all the other spartans getting killed reached falling he steals cortana puts it in the back and then he is can separate himself from all control like he'll destroy that whole computer that they can track him and then that next season will get more of a the master chief that we really know on his own kind of like uh, behind yeah. enemy lines kind of shit right like he he runs away this first episode they're all like we need to get him back reach will happen he'll come back save everyone and he'll be like yeah i'll help you but i'm you can't control me anymore i'm gonna do what i want yeah dude that's sick i mean people ask like why do you like halo too i'm like Halo literally to me was like, like I've made that joke, but like that Owen Wilson movie, that behind enemy lines. Like, I think that's a dope movie. And that's basically how you would do a Halo movie, in my opinion. That's what the Halo one is. It's Master Chief crash landing on goddamn the Halo ring, finding out a bunch of crazy shit going on and then 
blowing the fucking thing and running for help and running for his evac. It's cool. Like you never stop. It never stops. It's a especially in a movie. There has to be any downtime in that storyline, dude. And I hope that they do get to it sooner than later, too. I think that would be really cool. Do you think yeah. Reach really will be gone by the end of the first season? Well, he'll be the only Spartan left by the end of the season. What do you think about that? Those three are going to die. I think that'd be a good start. I think that would be a good start. Like first it's, season. Yeah, I think it would be. I would, Brian. I would love that. I would love. I think they, the Spartans and Reach going down are kind of hand in hand. This is my only my one two things. I don't think he'll be the only one left. It seems like they're going to make this chick a fucking Spartan, like his Spartan apprentice. So I think oh. she's going to be a Spartan too. No, I, I think not. that's what they're leading towards. Nah, I think she's going to die. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would be too much if they like made this show. He's about, like Ahsoka, like, dude. Think about like, this. Think about this. Ahsoka. I don't know why I just did that because something on TV just did this, this audio. But what if because they have a hit out on her, the reason they kill her and that's what like makes him. I He's like, I'm alienating, alienating myself from you guys. Like that was the that's the final straw. I'm just trying to anything to get it the way I want it to end. Yeah. I want to just see what leads, what builds the Cortana relationship. Is it? I wonder if like Cortana and him like don't they really rapport only really starts in season two, or like maybe it's the last second thing where the doctor makes him take Cortana and stuff like that, and that's like kind of the discovery. I would I would love the end scene if they did it in your premise, Bri, where like Reach goes down, the doctor dies, everything. She is he escapes and he has Cortana. And then, like, the season ends with him, like, on the ship and he plugs Cortana in and it's the doctor's voice or something. And, like, I think that could be really cool. No, it's no, like, I think that I think they can. That is a, definitely a possibility. I think that would be really cool. And it's like because he would be down and out and be like, everything's over. And then yeah. here's the doctor's voices, Cortana. And that's like fanboys right. would be like, let's go. Like, right. like, there's a lot of things that could happen. Like they could, the, the Marines, they were doing their flood experiments and master chief doesn't like that. Like they could introduce it a little earlier. There's a lot of things that they could do where it gives an excuse why I'm not going to call him John ever, but the Ma- master chief, it like cuts himself off, like from being controlled. I think it's cool. I think it's going to be them being connected to them will build a little bit of the lore and give general audiences. I think it's going to be really cool experience for people experiencing the Halo story for the first time, because we built a a connection to Cortana and the games are really still even harping on that connection with Chief and Cortana. But we're going to see his connection to the doctor and to the kind of basis of Cortana. And there'll be a kind of more natural evolution for viewing audiences, gaming audiences. It made sense because we're used to having voice narrator helpers. We had like Navi and Ocarina of Time. We've had those type of we've you know your solid snake and Metal Gear Solid. And you use your telecom and you get a million calls and talk to people. So you've always had that in gaming. But it, it I think it is a cooler way visually and, and like this medium to tell it. So. I'm excited. I'm excited because, again, like somebody like yourself, Brian, who's probably one of the bigger Halo people I know is very pro it. And it's it's mm-hmm. respecting the the material that it's based off of. Yeah. Right. Can I say another thing real quick? I'm sorry. I Whatever you want, man. Um, when do you think we'll see some of the other Covenant units? I like the brutes and stuff. I think that'd be cool to show the brutes like later on to start yeah. the show. I'm thinking more like Covenant. jackals. I, I want to see some jackals. I think we'll see. I think grunts i want to see the grunts i want to see the i think we'll see jack i think we'll see jackals brunts groots like jackals grunts and brutes 
And hunters. I don't know if we're going to see brutes, man. No, I don't think we'll see brutes. I mean, hunters. Hunters is what I was ta- meant to My say. My one time was like, I want to see hunters. I was like, I completely forgot about that. Who do we see first, bro? Hunters are going to be massive. Did you see how big the, the elites are? The hunters are going to be Do we see brutes or flood first? I think we'll see flood before. Brutes are at Halo 2. Flood I hope they gonna- save the flood, dude. Yeah, they're freaking. I'm just anything to get. I want these any of these big moments to get me to what I want it to be. Because the flood could kill everybody off. I don't like. I mean, <laughs> I'm just always going to be like, how can I get rid of these people? I don't want. In my I like this. This is like boxing Mike out of the combo. Mike's like, who's the I'm flood? Sorry. Is that like a street gang? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I for a second there, you you misspoke and you said Groots, and I'm like, wait, Groots in this too? <laughs> um, overall, like I said, I think this is great, man. I I, th- I think that like it's cool that we can keep having this, and we're definitely going to keep talking about Halo week by week. The new episode drops tomorrow, so but when oh. people are listening to this, they've probably already seen episode two, which is really cool. So we'll definitely be talking about that week by week and we'll update on who we see first and if master chief cries and yeah. all these things, but very pleasantly surprised. I kind of just want to quickly run around the room and see what everyone's been watching. I'll give you mine really quick. I was, I watched the first four episodes of winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty on HBO max. That's uh, Quincy Isaiah's Magic Johnson. You have John C. Riley playing Jerry Buss. Jason Clark is Jerry West. Adrian Brody's in it as Pat Riley. And it's um, it's that really cool breaking the fourth wall style documentary. They show it like filmed through like old film reel type of cameras and things and a lot of repeat stuff and uh, just a cool vibe, like such a cool vibe. And yeah, I, need to, I need to see that, too, though, because. You right know, up your alley. Those Showtime Lakers days were fascinating times in basketball. So I got to see that. Yeah. The episodes are like 50 minutes long. They're really fun. And I I, I kind of envy you because like, like I said, I would wait till say Sunday ish and then there'll be five episodes and you get to do a five episode binge when you're off one day. And it's yeah. I really enjoyed it when I watched it when I came back from my hand mishap and I was watching yeah. it and I actually really enjoyed it. Mike, did you see that yet? Yeah, no, I, I watch it every week. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it i think the way it's shot is so awesome the way john c Riley breaks the fourth wall as uh as dr jerry buss is 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 awesome um i watch it and and the uh the stuff about magic johnson and his behavior and oh my god sexual exploits i'm like man you guys are really hammering home the fact that he's gonna get aids already like it's the opening scene you never had aids yeah that man was uh that man was a wild one for sure they show him banging so much in this show. They really show him. They, it's sad. I mean, they definitely don't make. They, they try. I mean, I think they try to. They're pretty accurate because Magic is like a likable guy at the surface, and you're having fun. But if you do look into some of the stuff, you're like, ah, oh, come on, dude. You know what I mean? And yeah, that guy, that guy was drowning in women. <laughs> yeah, we can all understand that. I mean, I can definitely get that. Uh, everyone loves me, but everyone also thinks I'm a dickhead vibe. Like it's, it's definitely kind of one of those things. Uh, I think the show really makes you, I don't want to say fall in love, but really feel for, for, for cookie Johnson. Like, I feel like they want to make that a big part of the show. And I see the little hints of that going forward. Um, we'll see how long the show goes. So. Yeah. In fact, it's on HBO max. I got to see it now too. Like <laughs> Brian, have you seen it yet? Um, no, I was going to kind of just when I, you asked me what I'm doing, I was going to kind of explain why I haven't seen that show yet. So. Cool. So get into that. Why haven't you seen it yet? 
Okay, so I'm like you, like you were talking about what we've been watching. I'm in like this. I'm doing this weird thing that's probably really stupid, but I've started on HBO Max and I started A on series titled with A, and I'm going down the letter of the alphabet and watching things that interest me. And I'm on I'm on letter D right now, so I will get to that. Wait, so today's I'm, letter of the day is D. Well, it's not today. I like some of these shows I've been watching for five six days, so it's it all depends on like. Some shows are short. Like I watched that one show with um, John C. Riley, where he does like the fake, like um, like the local network like interviews. Okay. You know, you have. I don't remember what that show is called, but it's like there's memes of it. Like that's on HBO Max, but I can finish that in a day. The episodes are ten minutes long. But right now I'm watching Deadwood. And are you I, talking I, about Zach Galifianakis? No. Okay. I don't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. That's for a second, I thought you were talking about Between Two Ferns or something. No, it's very similar to that. It's like uh, uh, let me. So I'm watching Deadwood right now. I mean, I guess- Ooh, great show! You like that show? I love Deadwood, dude. You didn't like I, Deadwood? I, I've been watching it for maybe like a week plus now. I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little. He's a, they're a little less clear than John Dutton. They're not just protecting their family. They're all just scumbags. Like and they say cocksucker so much it like turns me off from the show. Like every other word, it's just like cocksucker, and it's just like it, it's it's so dumb. Like and I can't stand the one chick, if, Bill. Since you've seen it, the one like like um, tomboy girl. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. He is so obnoxious. So I know that's like You're not wrong. Niche. Like I, I just I don't know that that that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, besides watching, like I, I watch a lot of things with Bill and Waleed, so it's a lot of reality. But like, while I'm working, I can watch these shows on my like. So I'm doing this HBO Max binge right now. So yeah, Waleed, what are you watching? Um, yeah, so uh, obviously just started Halo and Moon Knight. So those two, those are two new shows I'm getting into. But those are week to week. Um, but I do want to get into this show called Severance, um, which I heard good things about. I'm probably going to start that really soon on Apple yes. TV Plus. That's one that I'm looking forward to beginning. Um, but uh, one that I've actually just started, I'm actually almost halfway through the season, is Bridgerton, the new season of Bridgerton on uh, uh, Netflix. So that's what I've been watching. And uh, I enjoy it, honestly. I think the show is filmed beautifully. Um, I think the score is good, the characters, the acting. It's a very good show. It's not for a lot of like guys out there, for a lot of people who might not, it might not be their thing. I was never into like those Regency era, you know, shows in, in, in like England back in like the 1800s. Very I was never pieces. into that kind of, yeah, like Pride and Prejudice is one of my sister's favorite movies. I was never into that. She loves Downton Abbey, which is like one of her favorite shows. Never got into that. Wasn't, um, but Bridgerton, they told me to like get into it. I think you'll actually like it and enjoy it. And I watched the first season and I really enjoyed it. Thought it was filmed really well. I just got this new 77 inch LG OLED TV um, and I've been watching it on there and I'm like, wow, this looks amazing even on here. So um, yeah, I mean, Bridgerton is one that I've, that I've been watching lately and uh, yeah, that, that's really what I've been watching lately. I haven't been watching anything else. So this, I heard this season, what is, what isn't as horny as the first season? Yeah, definitely not. No, um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, which I, you know, I don't mind either way, you know, that kind of stuff is like whatever to me. You know, that kind of it's like, but I do. That's why you got a 77 inch TV. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, (laughs) no, but you know, like this, the, just like the cast of the show and everything, like the acting is really good. Um, And people say like, oh, it's not realistic. How like there's, it's, you know, Regency era England. And you got like this, uh, the queen is played by like 
a black lady and like it's not realistic i'm like i don't care i like the diversity of the cast i like all that stuff even if it is in england like you know so i don't i don't really mind any of that i just i just appreciate a good story so that's really it mike what are you watching bud uh so i mean i'm going through a few things right now um i'm really weird about the things i watch i watch things like call me cat just because i have so much time in my hand to watch things <laughs> what exactly oh, wait, but, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait no 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 you don't just get to gloss over that wait call me cat yeah do you not know what call me cat is no so on uh on Sound like a fairy show for a second so what's her name uh um amy farrah fowler blossom um I, I don't know why I'm blanking on her actual name, uh, but she has her own show that's on Hulu. And uh, it's, you know, I watch it. I have a lot of free time with the way I work. I'm, I'm awake by myself from 3 a.m. to 4, 5, 6, 7 a.m. doing nothing. So I, I watch a lot of different things. Uh, I did start watching, uh, uh, is it Severance? Severance I started watching with Adam Scott. Uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, the final days of Tommy Brown with Samuel Jackson. Okay. Um, enjoying that as well. So, um, a lot of different, a lot of the newer documentaries on HBO Max and Netflix I've caught recently. Um, so, yeah. So you're talking about Mayim Bialik, right? From like Big Bang Theory and stuff, yes, thank you. Jeopardy and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, actually, one thing I did watch recently. It's not a show. Um, but I, sometimes I do feel like going back and like watching nostalgic movies that are one of my, some of my all-time favorites from the past, um, that I'll like see pop up on like Netflix or Hulu or HBO max or whatever. If I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen that in like 10 years. One of my favorite movies ever. I'm going to watch it, Mm -hmm. but on that, but on Netflix, uh, the negotiator, I don't know if you guys ever seen that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, One of my favorite movies. It's an old time movie. One of Samuel Jackson's early movies. He's the main character and, uh, Kevin Spacey, um, when he was a much younger actor, that was one of his best movies for me at least. Um, and it's one of my favorite like cop thriller movies. Um, it's on Netflix. If you've never seen it, um, definitely go and watch it. Um, it's always, it's got so much suspense, such a mystery. Um, great, superb acting across the board. I, one of my favorite movies of all time. So Do they let, I'm surprised they let any spacey movies even exist anymore. It's that's the thing. Like, and it's a shame what happened with him several years ago. <laughs> it's a real shame. Yeah. That's the way I put it. Yeah. Trust me. I know it's, uh, he's such a good actor and it just sucks that that had to such happen. a piece of shit oh my god yeah it was... <laughs> uh, we're gonna do a whole conversation that's one of the things we've talked about doing you know how do you how can what's the level that you can separate art from the you know, real life and you know how those lines have blurred over time and how they've become more important say over time and it's not about a wokeness it's really just more about awareness and more information yeah. about things basically because of twitter so, I mean, that kind of stuff will come. So it's an interesting comment that everyone here, I'd love to hear their take. So one quick thing on the way out, guys. Um, got really awesome, amazing news. We finally got a, a wins a winner release date. <laughs> no, yeah. fuck no. God, no way. You no fucking way. idiots. No. <laughs> what we did get is another useless, stupid, goddamn spinoff news. So House of the Dragon, it's going to be on HBO. HBO Max, it's dropping. August was it August 21st. The funniest thing to me about this is that it's dropping two weeks before the Lord of the Rings show starts on Amazon. So we're going to literally have fantasy wars in September. I'm actually not down on the show. It's all cool. I mean, you got like Matt Smith's going to be the main character. Matt Smith's awesome. We have some really cool actors on there. Graham McTavish is going to be in it. 
Olivia Cook. I mean, there's good actors in the show. Everyone just knows I'm just sick of that dude. I'm so sick of that dude and everything else besides him writing. A, how hard is it to finish a book that you've known the story of your whole life? The answer is he doesn't know the actual freaking end of the story. And he just told the TV people something that fat bastard somehow lives the next 40 years. It's going to take him to write two books. That ending's going to be so goddamn different. That dude's an asshole. Hope the show's great, but not if it's going to make him money. So I don't really know how to split hairs there. Honestly, being being such a big Game of Thrones fan when that show was airing, I was a fan of that show for God knows how long. I mean, since it first aired back in 2011. And it's such a disappointment how it ended. It like, you know, I feel like it ended so poorly that people just were turned off from the entire universe. Like spinoff shows now, like people don't even talk about them. They're like, yeah, it just left such a bad taste in their mouth that even if this was filmed, like it has a great cast and it was filmed beautifully and it, it's, it's a great show. People are just not interested because of how terribly the last show ended. It's like I, I'm completely disinterested in the in the entire universe of Game of Thrones now, and I'm not even looking forward to this. And that's a shame because I was such a big fan. Brian, do you care? Nope. House, of, House of the Dragon. Zero percent care. We got we got three zeros so far. Mike, how do you feel? House of the Dragon. What's that? Oh my god! Perfect. Every Every other podcast is gonna spend like an hour on like analyzing and be all excited. They gotta listen to us and then making just like screw this. I'm this gonna end up being like a timestamp this year from now. It's gonna be like the best show on TV, and we're just like screw this shit. It's it's like it's like Godzilla for us. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about the show when it comes out. Yeah. Let me tell you how hard I tried. How I tried Game of Thrones three times. Watch tried to watch the pilot, didn't make it through the pilot three times so I, I i attempted to get into it never could well winter is coming i respect that i, I respect the hustle of not being able to finish it just saying screw it dude you saved yourself a lot of time in the long run at some point i'll binge the whole series that's how i do it shows like that's how i got into things like how i met your mother i didn't even know the show existed the first like four seasons and then i got into it shows like the mentalist i just binged that earlier this year the entire thing on hbo max like I don't know. There's certain shows like you can watch week to week. You feel like you have to. I, I get in that mode. Uh, but there's some shows like whatever. I'll watch it down the line. Game of Thrones is just like gut punch, though, man. I mean, I vividly remember when I was like first dating my wife was when the final season hadn't aired yet. And we were watching like you a YouTube channel that was like all like Game of Thrones theories. And I'm telling you, every single damn thing these people came up with was way better than how the show went. And it just made it so disappointing because it was event watching for so long, but again, I'm not really here to talk about like psychoanalyzing it. I just love that. I see game of Thrones news and I click on it. And of course it has nothing to do with the goddamn book because <laughs> the book's never going to come. I hate that. I, I just hate this guy with this book. Um, I appreciate everybody coming on today. It was awesome. Like range of topics like to hear what everyone's watching. Uh, we said big, good thoughts on moon Knight and halo. We are not a pro Will Smith podcast. And I think that pretty much covers it there. So, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, you can always find me over at the Sports Entertainment Club podcast whenever Pete decides he wants to uh, to record. We, we tend to go weeks without recording. Uh, we did just celebrate our, our first year anniversary of the show. Um, Sports ENT pod on Twitter. My personal Twitter is MWJ413. Um, Facebook, Mike Wesley Jr. I don't know. 
Uh, I will say this. When, when are you releasing this? Um, either Thursday or Friday. Okay, so I'll say this now because I think I'll be okay and I think it'll go through. Nobody knows this yet. I have been named the official host of the Mania Club tailgate this weekend at WrestleMania. Oh, good for you, bud. That's awesome. Sad. I'm sad I will not be there in person, but I'm glad that since I'm not going, they gave you the consolation, gave it to you. So that's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Norris is Norris is asking for help when I was super stoned. I'm like, yeah, sure. I can host it. Whatever. I got experience. I, no, do, I think you'll do a great whatever. job, man. I think it's going to be awesome. And everyone, I want to wish everyone who's listening, who's in Mania Club, or if you're not, but you're going down to Dallas for WrestleMania this coming weekend, safe travels, have a great time. Hope the show is awesome. Wish I was down there with you. I'm usually am I'm a little crippled and stuff. And so, so it's a little bit fortuitous that I'm not down there, but I will definitely see some people in the summer at some of the events and things like that and definitely be in LA next year. So uh, Brian Waleed, I think people know where to find us. Uh, mainly, you can find us at the Reality Guys on YouTube. We've had a lot of cool stuff, though, recently. I think we've had a lot of good, varied content. Yep. Yep. Temptation yep. Island, Bachelor Retro Reviews, yeah, Survivor, Survivor yeah. current guys, seasons of The Bachelor. You guys ever do Mass Singer, you know who to call. We'll do one episode on anything, man. So we'll set it up. We won't, we won't commit the series, but we'll do one episode on anything. It's a nice first impression, bros, we can do. So you can yeah. find us, all three of us, at The Reality Guys on YouTube. Uh, you can also join the social community for both this and The Reality Guys on Facebook. It's called The Popcast Treehouse. Just search The Popcast. You will find it. We are in there. We share links, events, just news, shoot the shit. But for myself, Brian, Waleed, Mike, thank you for listening and peace. See ya. See ya.